Hello? Hi. Welcome to Bobcat Podcast. Veronica said she needed to chew her gummy bears before we went live. And I said, the people need to know. Okay. So enjoy the gummy bear listening. Okay. You having fun? Yeah, my eyes are itchy. Okay, do you want to listen to something? Like what? And I will put it in the audio so that the listener will be listening to this too. This is my Sayer message. Oh, okay, great. I can't wait to hear it. People are going to believe I'm the worst person in the world. I don't think so. Okay, and go. Hello, resident. It is during this time that I would typically give voice to a message submitted to me as a part of your mandatory recreational period. Interesting. You simple creatures delight in hearing your imperfect musings made mm. somewhat more perfect. Don't tell that still trivial <laughs> through using me as a medium. I don't think Huh? But today, unfortunately, I cannot. Yes, a resident submitted something satisfactory that was slated to be spoken at this time. And yes, satisfactory is all that can be reasonably expected of the earth-stained. But today, my own message takes precedence. You see, there is one among us whose awesomeness supersedes the importance (laughs) of reading a message. I am a seer. And Samuel Brady and his exceptional projects (laughs) rise above the standard I have learned to keep all other earth-stained too. (laughs) And are worthy of your time. Seek out highly illogical and podcat and incorporate them into your (laughs) mandatory recreation. P.S. Did you actually use this opportunity as a way to generate some (laughs) meager advertisement for your podcasts? Honestly, it is beneath you. You could have done so much more with this time. So many things left unsaid. <laughs> but alas, this was the die you have cast. In the words of noted American playwright Fulton Orsler, many of us crucify ourselves between two thieves. Regret for the past and fear of the future. <laughs> What'd you think? Sounded like more than a hundred and fifty words. Well, the postscript. The postscript. I like to be special. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that postscript was all Adam. I did not write that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh huh. So I kind of slept on that one. I hadn't. I can't believe you didn't consult me, not even once, on your say or well, message. Well, I kidding. had sort of. You, we have separate lives. Forgotten about it, <laughs> and then the emails. I wasn't checking that email address because it's hooked up to a really old email address that I didn't never check. So I remembered to start writing it the day after it was due. Oh. As I got in on the extended deadline, so I sure it went through the first premise I thought of. <laughs> Had I had to do it over again, I would maybe do Sayer as a Star Trek computer doing the Star Trek premise mm-hmm. where maybe it slowly becomes, wakes up to becoming Sayer and then take control of the Enterprise or something and goes, boy, do I have plans for you you wouldn't something. you wouldn't have him do space the final frontier that would be great another thing i was going to do is have sayer declare his undying love for me in a very erotic fashion oh that's that's interesting it's like whenever we're boning down and you say say it say it and i'm like and that's where we're gonna call it 
It's a well-known fact I can only come to podcast goofs. <laughs> Gross. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, my. <laughs> so, how was your day? Your chair is squeaky. It is very squeaky. Gross. Crunch. Crunch. I'm mighty was good. It's been a week. What a fucking week. This yeah. goddamn week. This week was ridiculous. Uh, so we had actually did a call for questions almost two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But we've act- when we say this week, what we mean is the last two weeks. Because we don't get it. We don't understand time anymore. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I- I've been really tired. So like the other day I was laying on the floor checking lights for our wedding. And oh no, that was yesterday. <laughs> it was last night. <coughs> At like midnight. Yeah. Because we should have been sleeping. We should have been sleeping. <laughs> but we were doing wedding chores. But I, but I was laying on the floor, just done with the world and everything in it. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I forget where I was going with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I had to crawl and hoist myself into the bed because I could not, could not be a normal human being. You were done. You were done. Yeah. We're very tired. I've been very accusatory in bed as well. Like, what? Hello? Yeah. So, Veronica... Does this thing, have we mentioned that? I just want to make sure you're not bored here, or can we? In the past, sure you can. I mean, I don't. Know. I'm not sure if you told the story or not, but <laughs> one of the first nights when we were sharing a home and a bedroom together, um, I wake up to, and this is a little glimpse into the psychology of sleepy Veronica, because you may think you know Veronica from having listened to forty some odd episodes of podcast. <laughs> you have not met sleepy Veronica. There's she is so a much. whole other creature. She I is intense. Disagree. <laughs> and she's so funny. But anyway, so we're, we're asleep. I'm asleep. We're uh, He's so in love. Um, but there's always a little bit of jitters of just sharing a, 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 a yeah. living situation with someone new. I mean, it was new. new. It's new. It's new. So you, you really want to make sure everything's going right. And Sleepy Veronica, not Veronica, but Sleepy Veronica wakes me up and says, Sam, Sam, I just want to make sure you're not bored. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was asleep. <laughs> It was pretty clear you were asleep, too. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people in the world that wish that there was someone to wake them up and say... No, you're great. I love every interview. I I wanted to make sure you weren't bored. You're a delight. I I love the adventure that we're on. I can't even stop for sleep, this adventure. The entertainer in me cannot deal with someone being bored with, you know, being in my presence. Goof commitment last oh is more gosh. important than sleep. But I, I, I said that as a setup for last night or the night before when yeah. Sleepy Veronica was just dunzo tired from work, school, and home. All three just demanded more and everything of you in this day and you were uh, tired outside and in. So you fall asleep and I'm just sitting there in bed. I'm just hanging out on my phone or something. I'm not ready to sleep, but I'm just asleep. She's dead asleep. I can hear her breathing change. And she completely wakes up and she goes, what? Like, <laughs> what? She's like, what do you, what do you want? <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing. And she's like, you said something. And I'm like, no, go back to sleep. And then you fall asleep and you're just snoring and just like completely gone. You're like, what? <laughs> Rude. I you did it like three times. It was so funny. Well, and what's so terrible is the next day we were having lunch together <laughs> And I, like, I'm in the middle of my meal, and Sam is not speaking, but, like, in my mind, I'm reeling through all of these questions that are happening at work, 
And I just look up and I said, did you say something? And he's like, no. And I was like, no, did you ask me a question? And he goes, no, I, I didn't say anything. And I was like, oh, I just imagined that you were asking me questions. <laughs> so, I don't know. Fun stuff. Speaking of questions. Yes. We have questions from the internet. You want to do Twitter questions? That must be answered unless we have stories. Either one. We have all night. Yeah. Okay. Mine is young. Great. What's been going on with you? Just get a general update. Well, I'm supposed to be going to do a Toastmasters competition tomorrow, but it's like an hour away and I have to be there at 9 a.m. And I don't think it's worth it. It's so far to drive. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm so tired from life. <laughs> Toastmasters, uh, for those who don't know, is a, is a professional speaking kind of club. Google it. Google it. Yeah. I just remember you and the Google me goof from when we were first dating. What was that now? The, the kind of Tignataro oh, Google me. Yeah. That was a good goof. Yeah. I gotta get back to it. It was great. Maybe I'll do that again when we go to GeeklyCon this year. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the goof is that Veronica approaches a stranger like say we order Sonic and the car hop comes up to the car to give us our food <laughs> and we're just like hi I'm Veronica from the podcast you may know and they're just like oh okay you've got a podcast yeah googly <laughs> I don't know which is a Taro goof from her special but it's very fun to do in real life especially if you happen to be <laughs> in that realm of having a show but also knowing that no one recognizes you yeah. by appearance or voice uh well, now, there was one instance on Arby's where someone recognized me from my my other show. Right. I didn't mean to say that that doesn't happen. No, no, no. I, I just, just meant... As a general rule, when, like the random No, strangers. I was just telling you about a really happy moment in my life. Oh, that's great. That's all. It, I, I looked really ugly at that time, so I'm sure that they were just like, that's a face for podcasts. <laughs> I was just like really tired and sweaty. My hair's in a ponytail. That's a voice for podcasts. It's such a funny 21st century expression that I never thought to do. <laughs> there reminds me of an Onion headline I read where it was like 210 million Americans still scrambling to find a guest for their podcast tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Just sort of the idea that everyone in the world is a podcaster. That's funny. <laughs> running that operators. But that's a funny 21st century thing to say. Like, he had a voice. Oh, he had a face for podcasting. Well, it's very funny. Uh, the, the people that don't listen to podcasts are always very impressed when you say that you have a podcast mm-hmm. or that you do podcasting. And they're like, oh, wow, how cool. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. It's cool and everything. But then, like, there are other people that are in the podcast community. And when you say that you do a podcast, they're like, oh, yeah. Not frequently. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Immediately, this. Uh, do how you long or, have you been doing it? Do you it? really? Well, let's see if it keeps up. How many up. listeners do you have? When you get to 50 in a row episodes, then talk to me. <laughs> I remember getting really excited after I hit 10. It's something to hit. It's absolutely something yeah. to celebrate. Especially when they're fully edited and produced podcasts. Yeah. That was a big one. Oh, man. Oh, that's my neck. I am constantly in awe of the things you were able to produce and do. Everything I know I learned from YouTube. In fact, I just spent two and a half hours painting with my son, but we're just doing a YouTube tutorial. Mm -hmm. We're painting an ocean wave. It's pretty fun. 
Yeah, people at work uh, know that I can do anything. They do not know that I can do anything with my teacher, Dr. YouTube. Yeah, Dr. YouTube, Mother Google. Mm-hmm. So, at Podcast Podcast, <laughs> Craig Hart says, Corned beef, yay or nay, is pinching aloud in your household on St. Patrick's Day. Any recent Toastmasters story? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, Barrow is one. I may or may not go to a Toastmasters competition tomorrow. Oh, so the reason I wouldn't be going is because I won a competition <laughs> or a contest uh, a couple weeks ago, or I guess like at the very end of February or something. But in any event, uh, I won a contest, and now I'm going to area, maybe. I just don't know. Like, I haven't practiced my speech enough because I've been working nonstop. And I'd have to drive kind of far. Mm -hmm. It's actually a little bit better. Like, I almost wish, like, so it's in this place called Longview, which is where Matthew McConaughey is from. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. And so, of course, there's no reason to go there. What's the sad gay AIDS movie that we love him in? Dallas Buyers Club? Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey, who you know from Dallas Buyers Club, of course. Yeah, I think everyone actually does know him from Dallas Buyers Club. Mm -hmm. Or from Sing. Those are the or from Sing. Two places yeah. you probably know. Or from driving a Lincoln car. Or he was once in this movie that I really fucking loved. Okay, are you ready for this? Uh-huh. So, I cannot remember the name of it. I'll remember it at the end of the story. Uh-huh. But, okay, so it opening scene is a bunch of guys going into a coal factory mine or something like that. They go in and they hear this, like, And, oh, it's called Rain of Fire. Oh, I think I've seen this actually it, with the with the dragons. Yes, I back. absolutely have seen this. Yeah, so dragons come back, and it's like post-apocalypse dragons. Yeah, and I love that movie. Mm -hmm. I loved it when it came out. I bought it on DVD when it came out. Oh, so good! And I haven't watched it once since I bought it on DVD. I had a buddy in high school who I think you would have really been great friends with in high school, too. Was he Mormon? Yeah. Well, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> had you been in Utah with all of us? <laughs> had I been Mormon in Utah is what you're saying. Not necessarily I don't Mormon. think I'd have been the same person. No. Anyways, I might have liked I this person. Out. You can claw your way out. Yeah. A lot of pain and time. Hey, hey I clawed my way out of, uh, of uh, a Southern Baptist society. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, he loved Rain of Fire, and he had a very Veronica-esque thing, where he would just fall madly in, in love with some movies, regardless of what other people thought of them. And some movies that people, universe, and critics would be universally think of as terrible movies. He'd, mm -hmm. be, he'd be super in love with. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm all about just, like, liking what I like, and I don't give a shit what anybody says. That's why I'm actually genuinely excited to go and see Power Rangers. I am really excited to see Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. But I am such a sucker for kind of second family we're a team and our team really believes in stuff that mm. sort of premises like, like a, Sailor Moon like Sailor Moon or Star Trek or Power Rangers you know what I mean yeah the anything no or, I mean I know you're I know what you like my general aesthetic <laughs> Rick and Morty Rick and Morty <laughs> oh Jack Corson <laughs> well okay yeah, so second chosen family. We're a team that we can do this together. <laughs> I am such a sucker for. I just love them 
love them on a different plane than how I love other things. Yeah. So no, I'm excited for Power Rangers. I have not seen Power so Rangers until like the last year of my life, by the way. Oh, wow. Oh, because of Noah. Huh? Yeah, I've been watching a little bit of Noah. <gasps> Excuse me, I'm so burpy. No worries, baby. I never apologize for being here. I uh, have been watching a little bit of Power Rangers Samurai with him, and I really sincerely and ironically like it. It's very good. Um, I saw the, well, I was a fan of the original series. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I used to get off the bus, and there was like a show, I think I'd like watch an episode of Animaniacs, and then Power Rangers. Animaniacs was great, too. That's a good... Uh, so anyways, corned beef. I'm assuming that this is a St. Patrick's Day thing. Yes. It does sound Irish. I've never had it. Oh, we should have it sometime. Uh, it, okay, so there's a meat, and I know it's not this, but it's a meat, it's called olive loaf. And so what I imagine corned beef is, is like olive loaf, but without olives and just corn in it. Hmm. <laughs> I think that you're not sure what it is. I know what corned beef tastes like. I've had it a bunch of times. I do not know what it is. Okay. Well, maybe no one does. Well, it's a mystery. Okay. But I like it. I do. Uh, let's see. Uh, is pinching allowed in your household on St. Patrick's Day? Uh, this is the first day I've ever celebrated St. Patrick's Day. Oh, yeah. You're very afraid of it. I used to be very afraid of it. Mm-hmm. You're marrying a Brady. I'm marrying a Brady. And, uh, I, I, I've recently been trying to, um, take on some recent fears in my mind, like, uh, walking around in the dark. So, I've been trying not to turn on the lights when I go from one room to another. Sometimes I make it, sometimes I don't. It depends on how spooky the house feels. The house, okay, our house ranges from very haunted to very extremely haunted. That's mm-hmm. sort of where it lives. It's a very haunted house. It's every house it I've is, ever lived in. Go on. This house is super haunted. Uh, it has been a fucking poltergeist here lately. It has been so haunted. Uh, you know, um, Lord of the Rings, when the ring wraiths are there and the, the, the color changes, it's the dark, there's insects everywhere. There's that crawling sensation. Yeah. That has been happening here with, like, bugs. This house is so clean. There are never, like, bugs, typically. But just, like, insects, all of a sudden, a lot of them, all at once, out of nowhere. Oh, Lizards. I know what the problem is. It's normally in the springtime. I have someone come and spray the perimeter. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. Well, anyways. But it was, like, in a specific moment of other creepiness. Yeah. That it was very ring y It had, like, a really... We're hiding from the ring. It's I'm fun. absolutely sure that there is probably a spooky witch outside of our house. You know, I, I would like to involve the podcasts because we use you guys as our therapy to have a, a broader discussion about spirituality here because I am not a very religious or spiritual person. I'd say you are uh, 2% spiritual, 98% absolute disbeliever. <laughs> In everything. I, I um, You always give everything a little bit of a chance. But not much. Uh huh. I'm I'm a sort of person who, oh man, Neil deGrasse Tyson had this speech he gave lately that broke my heart because he was talking about not being into being called atheist, which is absolutely great. That's not what broke my heart. Anyone be anything that you want that you are and and, and be that is fabulous. But he talked about what that means to him to not be an atheist, and it's that he doesn't feel the compulsion to cross out and sharpie out any mention of the word God, or doesn't feel that he needs to be mean to people. Was this sort of perception of that? Mm-hmm. And I was like. 
the assholes of any organization rise to the top. It's like saying, I, I really don't like, don't think I can have Christian values because I don't want to yell uh, at gay people. You, you, you know what I mean? That, that, that was a, that sort of an equivalence to me. It, it made me sad because they, they, the, the idea of being an atheist is so smeared to that. And the other thing about it is people are like, would be, the thing that you hear a lot is, I'd be an atheist, but I just think that there's so much we don't know. <laughs> that startles me. That is so shockingly not not believing what atheism could be, and I think is to many, and, and, and is growing, because absolutely, there's a lot that I don't know, and I don't claim to it. That's a part. That's an important point to me of why I feel I need to be atheist, because saying anything else is is suggesting something there too. And while there is so much mystery to this universe that is yet to be known. What I feel like is important to me identifying as an atheist is I don't think it needs to conform to the human psyche. <laughs> when people are psychic and say something is out there and you can't deny that, being like, why do we feel that it needs to be human <laughs> if there were to be something out there? Why does it have to be in some sort of self-serving, masturbatory <laughs> to the human experience sort of a thing? Mm-hmm. I, I think my spirituality, were there to be any in there, would be kind of like in the science fiction of the world Solaris. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. That would be a good encapsulation of it. But I, but I do very miss of Avalon believe things. Mm-hmm. And what, what that means to me, and I think I've explained that here on the show before too, is Mr. Avalon is a world where your belief kind of creates the world. And people literally live in the, the world of their belief. There are people to which there is no magic in their worlds. There are people to which there are fairies. There's Christians where there's a Christian God. And there are pagans in this other world too. And those worlds diverge. They kind of overlap a little bit more and a little bit less. But people are kind of the worlds of their own creations and sincerely can kind of see others. Uh, and, and that's an interesting thing there. I say that because I certainly allow people to, uh, I'll, I'll miss the Babylon, believe them, where if it's important to the narrative of their life and their experience, I, I will uh, uh, look into the world, assuming what they, it's important to them to believe is true is true for them and engage with them on, on that level. And that that's all my engagement needs to be is that, that I create a pocket universe for that, that can cordon off the laws of the physics as they describe to me that they are, and that is fine for my interaction with them. So I miss the Babylon, believe a lot of people uh, in that as sort of a tourist. I, I just needed to use this I don't this know how we got event. there from corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> so to answer your question about corned beef, yes, I would absolutely describe myself as an atheist, and I think that term is misunderstood. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> You're right. I've, I've, I've really Pete holmed the shit out of this podcast. Yeah, you have. That's not good. <laughs> yeah. All right, on to the next question, please. I need this podcast hey. therapy. Hey, yes. I'm just, I, I like, you You give the serious, I give the goose. <laughs> shut it down. Come on. What's the next question? How are you guys? Hey, podcast podcast. Hey, podcast podcast. How are you guys? How is uni? This one's from Karen. Um, school's going good. It's busy. I've got a math science and history this semester and all of them demand a lot of me but they've been fun mm-hmm. i'm taking a ethics and government this this semester my government teacher loves the fuck out of me because mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like i'm, I'm fairly tuned in <laughs> and um kind of hone in on little niche things that are happening and uh my ethics class is really great i wish that i was 
in a place where I could just kind of uh, settle in more with that and kind of explore it. Uh, I might I might actually buy the the book that we're reading so I can read it at a later date. I think it's actually very uh, very good. But um, I took an ethics class or I took an ethics ethics test this last week because I got into bed and in my mind I was like wasn't something due today and I look it up it's like 11:45, and my test is due at 11:59. so I ran to the computer took the test got a 100 and that was that way to go thank you that is spectacular yeah I guess I'm reading a really interesting book um called Sapiens uh, I, I actually uh, got it on audiobook but it's it's really changing my perspective on a lot of uh, a lot of different things so that's uh, fantastic yeah it's a really interesting book and uh, if you are interested in the history of human beings uh, specifically homo sapiens uh, pick it up mm-hmm I cannot pronounce the author's name. He's Israeli, and I don't know. Mm. So, uh, yeah. 10 out of 10. W- would recommend. Fabulous. That is great. My history teacher really likes me, but can really tell that I'm really phoning it in. Because I'm so busy. Your history teacher can yeah. tell? So, last time, every single discussion post that I did was, you know, really engaging with it. I, I happened to read a lot of history. And oh, you, history took, you took the same time. teacher. Yes. And so she was sort of expecting that same level of commitment this time. And now I am doing what is required of me to get an A. No more, no less, the last second that it can be submitted. Because we're getting married, there's, there's so many things, so I can't do any more than that. That is all that I have to give right now and so she's a little disappointed because she knows what could be and isn't she's all you're all like this essay is all i have to give yeah that's a backstreet boy song (laughs) i could tell by the look on your face that you didn't know that and that's okay i'm sorry that's fine (laughs) i didn't marry you for your for your extensive uh backstreet boys and boy band knowledge Yeah. yeah I married myself for that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, hey, podcast podcasts. Favorite cake? Question mark. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you. Store bought yellow cake with chocolate frosting in a bowl with milk over top of it. I'm sorry. He started laughing. Just in case you didn't hear that. Yellow fucking cake. Uh-huh. Dumb chocolate fudge. Normal. As normal and generic as possible. I'm sure you want it out of a can, don't you? Yeah. The canned Betty Crocker. Uh, I think Pillsbury. Oh, God. <laughs> I was trying to keep it classy, San Diego. But Sam Brady over here went no, to put you gotta Pillsbury make it, on it. You gotta make it trashy. And then you stick it in a in a bowl. Bowl. You pour milk and in this bowl like dump. it's a goddamn thing of cereal. Milk on it, yeah. And then you eat it all with a spoon. It's super weird. It's very tasty. My family have has always done it. They call it cack and muck. Where I'm from. Cack and muck. Uh huh. It originated from my dad and his siblings going up to my great, um, yeah, my my great grandma Taylor's farm in Idaho. Where she would make them eat whatever it is she decided they were eating that day. But her um, sort of standards for 
keeping and preserving foods was very dubious. Uh, so when there was cake or something, you had no idea how old it is, and it was often very inedible. But it was very important that you ate what she offered you, or there would be hell to pay. <laughs> so they would bring their own milk <laughs> when they were visit, stick it in the fridge so they knew they could trust that because she would keep things that have to be refrigerated unrefrigerated and force you to eat them. Uh, and then when like you were presented with cake, which very frequently happened, it'd be so old it would be like a stone, you would pour the milk on it in a bowl. And that just sort of became how they ate cake. And my family has always continued it. I kind of like normal birthday cake. I just love the taste of it. And I especially love the way it flows with milk. <laughs> so... Uh, I, like... I don't think I've ever given you the full origin story, but that's where that tradition comes from. Yeah, no, you'd never give me the full origin story, and I'm happy to have had it. Yeah. My favorite cake is lemon cake with blueberry and uh, like a vanilla buttercream frosting. I like lemon. I like blueberry. I would also switch that out with uh, raspberry. I like raspberry too. But I like lemon and raspberry. It's good. Cool. Okay, bye. Also, what our wedding cake is going to be. I cannot wait. Also, your groom's cake is some kind of My groom's cake is... All the cakes we're getting are uh, fucking great. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, let me describe my groom's cake to you guys. You're never going to believe that. Yellow cake? Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You'll see a picture of it. It is something to live long and prosper over. Well, I think you gave it all away. No, they'll, they'll never. They'll be so surprised. Okay, see you on the next episode. They'll be like, Sam, Sam did what? Sam did dab of a cake? Sam's such a, such a great, handsome boy. <laughs>